I'll say praise the Lord and you can respond now and forever. Praise the Lord. So you know you're in trouble in your homily when you're going to quote from a podcast, if you're getting your resources from a podcast. But I heard a term on a recent podcast called a dipsy do. This is a slang term. It has multiple meanings. Uh, in the sporting world, dipsy do is when a batter will strike out on a swing. So that could be called what they say a dipsy doodle. Or in football, a dipsy do would be a reverse play, some type of trick play, uh, a Hail Mary, a flea flicker, whatever it may be. In more serious terms, if you can say that dipsy do is a serious term, uh, would be uh, dipsy do as an artistically deceptive or a shady manipulation. So if you pull a dipsy do on someone, you're artistically deceptive or you're a shady, manipulative person, a dipsy do. I think there's two dipsy do's in the gospel reading. The one perhaps is from the leper. The leper pulls a dipsy do on Jesus. Jesus sternly warns him not to tell anyone. Then he dismisses him. And then Jesus warns him. So Jesus is very serious about this healing of the leper, making sure that he doesn't go out and tell everyone what had just happened. But the leper does a dipsy do. He deceives Jesus in a way he manipulates him, and he begins to publicize the entire matter to everyone. And this publicizing, perhaps you would say in the modern uh, lexicon, he would be an influencer in the media, influencing others to come to know the person of Jesus Christ. But contrastingly to the dipsy do of the leper, Jesus gives to us a divine dipsy do. And what is that? It's almost as if Jesus has a particular way of switching the tables, making things much different than what they appear to be. The divine dipsy-do of Jesus in the gospel reading today is that Jesus himself takes upon himself all of the disease and the illness of the leper. Not so much, obviously, physically, but the spiritual dysfunction or the mental ways in which this leper had been in need of healing. So Jesus is the one who is now hidden. He's in the countryside. He can't go around publicly, whereas in the past it was the leper who was in that state and that place. Jesus is no longer to be able to preach openly and yet the leper is the one who is preaching openly to everybody that he can tell about what had just happened to him. Jesus, as Isaiah says, takes upon us our infirmities. This is a very crucial and important teaching of our Christian faith. We would call this the divine exchange the divine dipsy-do. 
Jesus takes upon himself our sin. Again, Isaiah says that by his wounds we are healed. Many times we fail to believe the power of what it is that Jesus can do in our life. That he, in fact, as St. Paul says, has become sin for us. In the first reading, we hear that the leper should rend his garments. Whose garments were rent at the end? But Jesus, as he was stripped, also says in the first reading that one shall not wear anything on his head. Perhaps it was Jesus who wore nothing on his head until it was a crown of thorns to symbolize his kingship over sin and death. Brothers and sisters, sin is the disease. Sin is the infirmity. Sin is leprosy. But it goes even worse than that, is that sin is a parasite. Sin does not have any power on its own. It's a deficiency. And it latches onto what we would perhaps say is our life force. It latches onto life itself to deviate from us the very gift of the abundant life. It slowly and methodically erodes the divine life within our souls. That's why the church is extremely vigilant in being aware of our sinfulness, our leprosy, this parasite that can grow within us. But Jesus himself wants to take upon himself our infirmity, our diseases, our illnesses. He wants to take upon himself our very dysfunction. And Jesus, by doing so, is ostracized. He becomes the one who is sequestered, who is placed and put away, while the leper goes on and begins to publicize the matter. To have faith in Jesus is to have faith in understanding that contrition is the first and most important principle of our lives. And so this Lenten season, which is only a a few days away, we receive ashes on our foreheads to remind us of this beautiful gift of God's redemption in the person of Jesus Christ. And the words are these, turn away from sin and be faithful to the gospel. Turn away from sin and be faithful to the gospel. Perhaps that's the biggest dipsy-do of them all. But to turn away from sin requires that we repent from our sin. And so the Lenten season offers to us beautiful avenues for us to participate in the divine life of God. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And these particular ways help us to realize that we're dependent upon the Lord. And remember, it's no longer the leper that comes to Jesus and begs to be healed. It's Jesus who comes to us as a beggar. Jesus who is pleading with you and with me that these Lenten days that are soon upon us 
become a time of true repentance and the true dipsy-do of our lives. My prayer for you, prayer for myself, is that indeed may happen this Lent, that our hearts are prepared to be able to encounter Jesus Christ. And let us always remember this, that authentic conversion, a true turning away from the gospel, cannot be publicized. We can't share it in any testimony. It's the interior change of one's heart in which our lives are completely and totally orientated towards the Christ, both now and forever.